Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the I can't do it. We're here today to put the her in her story. I kind of thought that was coming. <laughs> it's not what I wrote. Didn't surprise I me couldn't that do the other one. Oh, I didn't well do now it. I want to know what no, it is. No, I can't tell you. It's so bad. Okay. Hey, this later. isn't charging my laptop. Um yeah, hi. Well, I think it's off. <laughs> Just a sec. We're, I, we've already blown this. Hi, guys. Um, we're here today to put the her in her story. My name is Summer Yeager, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And the thing I want you guys to know about Joy is that she has a Twitter account, and although she rarely ever posts on it, you should follow it anyway because it's hilarious. And it's she's just great. At, Every she, once in a while, I have a weird enough thought to put on there. Actually... I have those thoughts every day, but every once in a while I remember <laughs> to put them on Twitter. Right. You guys need to bug her to tweet more because she just makes Twitter a better place. What's your handle again? J Temple? I don't even know. J Temple? <laughs> J Temple? We should look this up. What's J-T-M-F-U-L, your Twitter? J T M F U L. J Temple. Isn't even. No, t- it's not. Did is I it change J it? J underscore Tem? What is your Twitter? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm the worst. No, Twitterer. it's just Joy Temby. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's just Joy Temby. Did I just manage to get that one? Well, now it's Joy Hunter. Sorry. Yeah. Babe. Well, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, it's all right. I like the idea of putting funny jokes on there. Yeah, you're good at um, it. And just doing jokes, but right. Like I said, I also only care about it slightly. <laughs> It's kind of a problem. I wish I was better at interacting. It's not a problem. Well, the thing you should know about Summer is that she's awesome at interacting, and she likes good, fruitful conversation, um, which is a hard thing to want on the internet because you don't always get it. So I should say the thing you need to know about Summer, my beautiful co-host, is that she's very patient on social media. Thank you. Though some of you would not say that. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. I uh, guess some of you would say I'm a liar then. Liar. But uh, I don't know. I think it's the internet can be a place, quite a place to be. It is. It is quite a place. You know, hmm. we had this conver- Yeah, we had this conversation about like uh, all of the internet being a conversation, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's debatable whether or not it's a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like if you just, I don't know. Like if you were at like Thanksgiving, right? Someone was like, "Oh, the sky is beautiful today," and you were like, "Well, what about? Do you think clouds are beautiful too?" Right. What about space? <laughs> you don't think space is beautiful? Why didn't you say that the sky was blue? <laughs> I don't know how it works. I can't handle that many people at a time. Anyway. Anyway. Why are we putting the her in her story today? Because. I have a story from 
kind of history. And I think you have a story from kind of history because we're doing a fun episode today. And we like doing these every once in a while. Yeah. Because honestly, if we were going to do a podcast about anything, I think it would be this for both of us. Yeah. Just like weird, (laughs) random things we find on the internet, stories to tell. Right. Um, Even though we have a podcast and we don't do it about that. (laughs) It's fun every once in a while. And then it's it does tend to be a little bit easier to like write the bones of your story out and then just tell it. Right. More so than like having a conversation about a topic that people are very emotional about or right. whatever right. that may be. You don't yeah. like I don't have to I don't have to like worry about being like patient while I tell this story. <laughs> no. Or like being gracious. <laughs> Sometimes it's just good to like just- easy enjoy it and i just think both of us are a little nerdy. am i saying all the wrong things no right now? you're saying all the right things okay i good. just think both of us are a little nerdy and we're just interested in like weird cool things oh yeah and like i am my husband tells me all the time like i just have i'm like quirky like i'm into like mm-hmm. these weird things well like some of the implications of the story i'm going to tell right are the most exciting part of it to me Right. Like learning little side things that branch off yes. from the story. That's what happened to me. Because we all think that that everything's been the same <laughs> forever. Right. We're just stuck in this like, oh, it's 2019 and this is how things are. But that's not how it's always been. Well, I mean, in our defense, I think most people in were like are like that. Yeah. Like people can you understand things that you're into. Well, and they can understand. People can understand yeah. what the world is like based on how the world is for them. Right. But it's it's kind of cool to yes. think about things being different. Yes. Things were not always the way they are. No. no. I, Who's right. going first? Are you going first or am I going first? Um, I'm more excited to hear your story okay. than I am to tell mine. So can I get mine out of the way? Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> because I'm I like want to sit back and just Enjoy. like hear because I don't I don't know what you're going to okay. talk about. Um, you told me a little bit and I don't know. Um, okay. So this thing happened the other day. I was on a website that I like, and it's about art history. And I feel really pretentious saying that because, like, isn't that the thing you say? Like, if you're kind of a pretentious college student, you're like, I'm an art history major. I get it. It's a joke. Whatever. I took one art history class in in, um, college to fulfill, like, a a prereq. And Uh um, it was seriously the most fun class I've ever taken. I just, oh. I loved everything about it. I learned so many things. I learned more things about history. And, and I just, I really think I love history, especially when it's about art. And you can just see, like, the different influences and in culture. And anyway, so in that art history class, I learned about um, a French artist named Henri Matisse. And okay, Matisse. I noticed then that there was like a time where he painted a lot of goldfish like just yeah. there were goldfish mm-hmm. in all of his photos and then sometimes there'd be people staring at goldfish and I remember thinking like that's so boring why why goldfish like why isn't a goldfish like it's almost like in our culture like goldfish is goldfish is like the most standard boring thing you know, right. like, it's just like, oh, you got a goldfish. Oh, OK. Like, you can win that at, like, the fair or whatever. Yeah. So or you can seriously buy one for one dollar. <laughs> right. At the pet store. Right. And everyone's like, they have three second memory and whatever. Which and is so, funny because I'm sure there are Matisse paintings that sell for 
millions of dollars of goldfish. Right. right. And it's like you could just look at one. You could just bowl. look at one, but then it wouldn't have. Then you wouldn't be our. Henry Matisse wouldn't be involved. <laughs> um. So anyway, I decided to go on a hunt and try to figure out like why does Henry Matisse care about goldfish? Okay. And then what ended up happening was I got lost in a rabbit hole of the history of goldfish. Okay. <laughs> and I want to tell you guys this. I know a lot of people are like, Ugh, just get to the doctrine. There is a doctrine in this, and I'll tell you at the end. <laughs> okay. So the first thing that I learned that shocked me was that goldfish were originally kept for meat. The goldfish, like, goldfish didn't start out as pets. They were dinner. But not like the goldfish that we think of today. Right. They used to be a lot bigger. Goodness, their appetites have seriously changed. <laughs> yeah. Well, Which they I used to be bigger because I don't know if you've ever been to an antique store and tried to like put on a glove, <laughs> right? And been like, oh my gosh. Well, I'd be fine. Yeah, you'd have <laughs> tiny little hands. I know. Um, so anyway, they're from East Asia, and their ancestor was not gold; it was more of like a silvery color. Oh, um, and there was a time in history where it was the most common fish eaten in Asia. Like, that was what you ate. It's, like, for us, like, salmon or something. What was it called back then? Um, Chi. Okay. C-H-I. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Um, So most of them were silver. Sometimes, like, occasionally one would pop out as, like, a bright yellow or, like, orange or red or whatever. Um, But those ones would always die because, obviously, predators would be like, oh, I see you. Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm going to eat you. Um. So what happened was the the pretty ones that came out with the beautiful colors, mm-hmm. um, the monks in China started to keep them in ponds. That was like the beginning of like the very common practice of keeping certain like kinds of fish in ponds. Pond. Um, it was actually goldfish huh. that they were keeping in there. Um, and so there's this legend that... Where did goldfish live? Like they're freshwater. Yeah. They were freshwater. And then So they just soon, lived in lakes and yeah. stuff like that. Huh, but they so weren't gold. They were called something. They were called the chi or kai. Am I saying it wrong? I don't know. Um, and they were silver. Um, and so anyway, according to legend, this guy named Ting Yen San discovered both golden and yellow chi in a pond. Like all of them in this one area for some reason were like the special. Okay the colors and so he named it the pond of mercy um so anyway what would happen is uh if you if you were gonna fish for these fish um it was thought to be merciful and kind of you to keep to free the colorful ones this is how okay the colorful ones ended up being the living ones it was human intervention right um and so this started around like a, the official records of the Chinese doing this, of trying to, to save the colorful ones, um, is documented to happen around 900, like the year 975. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, but for at least 100 years, nothing really happened. Um, so anyway, around 1240, the goldfish were dis domesticated like because people were trying to protect them they were seen as like like it brought good luck or whatever um and so people would build their own ponds and then they would just keep the gold ones the colorful ones and so it was really human intervention that continued to to produce take that environmentalist (laughs) right 
Oh gosh, did I just open up a whole oh, thing? Oh, don't say it. Never mind. Cut that out, Carmen. <laughs> so anyway, over time, um, it just became a given that gold, like these goldfish, they were so special and they were a sign of all kinds of things um, to the Chinese people that basically the only people that had the goldfish were um, royalty. Okay. Like if you were if you were rich, if you were royalty, if you were the upper strata of society, like you, this is so funny to me because now like having a goldfish is a sign that you like went to the carnival. <laughs> right. Um, but for centuries in these ancient cultures, having a goldfish was a sign of prestige. Your, of prestige. That's right. Um, hmm. And so anyway, uh, the, the goldfish, the chi, um, they are native to Asia, but now you can find them all over the place because people would trade them as gifts and they were thought of as a sign of good luck and all this other stuff. Um, so big goldfish are still around? Yes, they are. They are still around, but they're very, very hard to find. Okay. Um, in fact, close to where I'm from, there's more of them and they like compete with like for some reason in Nevada, I found in my studies uh, this this note that said that in Nevada they outcompete the Pahrump pool fish and Pahrump is not far from yeah. Las Vegas. Um, and they're actually kind of really dangerous. Like they, they tend to like wipe out all the aquatic plants near them because they over forage. Oh, they're um, invasive. They're invasive. And one study suggests that they kick up so much mud that other species struggle to find food. Um, so anyway, after they were domesticated and like spread all over the world through trade and they're signed, seen as a sign of good luck, like obviously over time, like well, now. Well, I guess that's a point for the environmentalists. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> some random facts about goldfish before I give you a point um, is that their visual perception and cognition main, means that we study them. Like we use them to study um, how the eye works and they see... Um, they're bad at seeing the color blue, uh, but they have a fourth type of color receptor. We only have three and mm. they can, so they can perceive ultraviolet light. Um, oh, interesting. but anyway, they, it's like an analog for how they have a very close analog for how we see. So scientists study like goldfish and how they see, um, now did, so now, obviously, the smaller ones are like the pet store ones. Right. I'm assuming those have been specifically bred or whatever yes. to be kept. So the domesticated ones are yes. now smaller. And right. Because the goldfish bowl became popular. Keeping them in a bowl yeah. as a sign of like their specialness essentially made them smaller over time. Okay. Um, and so we also use them in studying the effects of alcohol on the brain and the body. Um because for some reason, they're like the way that they process alcohol is like similar. Um, so you can. So someone right now is getting a goldfish drunk. <laughs> yes, that's actually me. happening all over the world. Um, there was a point in time also where it was tradition if you were getting married, your uh, husband to be would give you. Uh, I'm sorry. After you got married, your first anniversary, your husband would give you. A goldfish like that was a sign of like it's the goldfish anniversary it's the, right it's the goldfish anniversary um and it's just so funny to me how this is that's so foreign to us like yeah that's but that there was a time in history where that would have been just like a given everyone knew like first anniversary hey honey here's your goldfish she's looking at me like i'm crazy that's so weird i know um i think generally it's hard 
you should steer clear of giving people living things as pets. Yeah, I know. I had a friend give me a turtle for my birthday once, and then it died. And every- living things as pets, it it's meant not- gifts. I knew what you meant. <laughs> I think it should be non-living things as pets. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, well, that's what I said. I said living. Th- it's bad idea right. to give living things as pets. That's right. not what I meant. Right. No, I knew what you meant. It's fine. Um, so anyway, I started looking into all this and trying to figure out why Henry Matisse cared about goldfish. Yes. Okay. Um, there's a couple of theories. No, he painted goldfish like in a bowl. Yes. In a bowl. Okay. Yes. And people. Because I can think of one. Yeah. But I guess I'd only really ever seen the one. I didn't realize there were like. There's a whole series. There's a whole series of them called just called the goldfish. Um, And so anyway, the the big the main theory is that for some reason he went to Morocco and the Moroccans have a different speed of life than he was used to in France. Like he thought they were very like relaxed and like slower and more mindful than apparently everybody in France. Okay. he thought, you know, whenever he painted them, like they would be like daydreaming or hanging out or whatever. And so like his idea of like the most relaxing thing to do to be like the Moroccans was to sit around and stare at goldfish. Okay. (laughs) That's the theory. Um, And all this time I've thought like, there's just something I don't understand. Like, I I don't know. It's just so funny to me that this very mundane thing like goldfish, like has this has whole a long history. history, has a long history that I just knew nothing about. And we all are just like goldfish. Who cares? Like it dies in three days. You flush it like whatever. That's so weird. But people used to eat them. Yeah. People still eat them. I hope not. Ugh, that sounds gross. Like what do they taste? This, like? But this whole thing and like reading all this made me want a goldfish. I'm just afraid I would kill it. Did you hear that, Eric? (laughs) Uh, You're afraid you would. But I think it just happens no matter what you do. Um, So anyway, just because I insist on this, I'm going to leave you guys with a few facts about goldfish. I love this one. If you keep a goldfish in the dark, it turns white. Oh, okay. I think that's fascinating. All right. A goldfish will eat any fish that it can fit in its mouth. (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. Any fish. So, Wow. I know. Um, goldfish can recognize faces. Um, they live longer than any other domestic fish. That can't be true. It's true. I have a graph. That's so crazy. Cause I've, I have a graph. Well, you know, we never bought goldfish because, mm-hmm. well, our fish tank I had, the fish tank I had growing up had like a filter and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, but also we just didn't buy them cause they would die so fast. Oh, they apparently if you do it right. See, that's why I'm afraid to get a goldfish. Um, do it right. <laughs> you can train them to do tricks. What? Uh, like Shamu? Yeah, they, they can do tricks. They can, like, jump? Yes. They've been studied so much. Um, goldfish don't have stomachs. Weird, right? Um, <laughs> they go to sleep at night. They can't close their eyes, but they um, they go to sleep. Uh, oh, I'm not going to tell you that one. A school of goldfish is called a troubling. (laughs) And so everybody says that, um, you know, their, their, their memory span is like three seconds, but that's a myth. They actually have a typical longer average span, average attention span, um, than people. 
the average like human attention span is eight seconds and the average goldfish attention span is nine seconds. Is it eight seconds? Yeah. I feel like we I've been paying attention to you longer than eight seconds. I know, but I'm being fascinating. Oh, the largest goldfish is the size of a cat. I know. Where is it at? <laughs> um, can I see it? It's an Aranda named Bruce. Let me see if there's pictures here and I can show you. And if Bruce. I find a picture, then I will post it on the website. Because okay. for some reason, all of our listeners have to like fish this week. I don't care. You have to like fish this week. I'm clicking on it and it's not loading. Bruce. Bruce. The size of a cat. That's a pretty big fish. I know. And it'll eat any fish that goes into its, that so, can fit in its mouth. So it could eat. Any fish smaller than a cat, which yeah. is a lot of fishes. Right. Okay, I'm just going to Google this. Anyway. I guess that helps it in its invasiveness. That's so interesting. I know. Oh, look. Here it is. Look at this. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. You ready to see Bruce? Yeah. Okay. Look at Bruce. Oh, my gosh. He's so cute. I mean. He's chunky. He's He looks fat. <laughs> he's so cute. He's like a little chunky boy. I know. Oh, I know. Isn't that sweet? I do kind of like goldfish's like little. I know they have like a little fat body. I know, and I do like that. Have I ever told you about my pet? Since we're telling stories, this is quick. Have I ever told you about Pegasaurus? Mm-mm. Okay, so my dad, growing up, he always had um, neons. Like we would go to Pet oh, okay. and we would get neons, and we always had a fish tank. So anyway, my dad one day like the, all the fish died, so we go to get some more neons, and we put them in the tank. Well, whatever. One of them kept growing and it was clearly not in the right tank because it was not a neon. It was like a very expensive fish. I don't remember what kind oh. it was, but it kept growing and growing and growing and eating all the other fish. And it eventually got about this big. <laughs> um, okay. So like the size of a small potato. The size of a potato. He yeah. was he was big. And my mom is very creative with pet names. So she named him Pigasaurus. Anyway, we loved him, even though we watched him eat all of our other fish. <laughs> and he was like the color of the rainbow fish, like from the book. He was oh. like purples and blues and greens, and he was beautiful, but also really fat. Um, and we seriously, all all four of us in the house were obsessed with him. So anyway, one day my dad goes and he buys um, supplies because it's time to clean the fish tank. Well, my dad cleans the fish tank like he had every other time. And then the next morning we come out. And Pegasaurus is white and floating upside down. And we were all like, what just happened? Because we found out what kind of fish he was. I don't remember what it was. And he was supposed to live for a really long time. So anyway, my dad thinks he remembers when he he had gotten a new sponge. And he remembers when he opened the sponge, it felt kind of damp. And so he thought maybe it had had some chemicals in it or something in it. Whatever they spray it with. Yeah. And my dad is so sweet and sensitive about his pets that he just threw the fish tank away and has never had a fish since. <laughs> he felt so that was bad. That he was felt it. so bad that he was just like, I'm done and totally can't got, handle fish anymore. Got rid of it. Yeah. So well, anyway. very interesting. All very interesting things. Um, and now you guys have stuff to talk about at the next <laughs> social interaction. Now you know you everything about goldfish that you need to. And you can just be like, hey, did you know that there's a goldfish the size of a cat? <laughs> right. His name's Bruce, and he's fat. Right. Well, that's great. That's, you guys are welcome. All the things you never wanted to know, I I'm have trying to think you. if I had any question, any, any other questions. I'm guessing okay. they haven't really been eaten in a while, yeah. Um, the fish? That was really no. my only... Like, what's happening here? Like, why are they... 
Right. Well, if they're invasive, like, how do we get rid of them? Do people just fish them? And I don't know. I'm not super worried about it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's happening. But mm, I just... I just want, I need to work itself out. Yeah, everybody's going to be fine. <laughs> Every, everything's fine, you guys. Everything still will be normal. Okay. Yes. Um, all right. My story. I'm ready. Um, I'm just going to start and let the story kind of develop. I'm just going to listen. So, so um, in 1885. Okay. So a while ago. Yeah. Um, a man named Thomas Meacham, hmm. a dairy farmer in New York. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Should I know that name or is that just like a really common name? Um, I I don't, I can't think of any okay. reason why you would, Meacham. you should know it. Meacham. But I do think yeah. you probably have heard, have met someone with the last Meacham. name Meacham or sure. something like that. Yeah, yeah. I felt kind of the same way when okay. I read Thomas Meacham. Yeah. Oh, hey, you guy. <laughs> oh, that guy. Oh, it's Thomas. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> good old Tom. Um, so he's a dairy farmer. Okay. In New York. Mm-hmm. Um, he and he decided to craft an enormous wheel of cheese. <laughs> Why? So he did this because, well. You guys are about to learn about how patriotic cheese is. <laughs> um, so at the time, um, well, not like exactly at the time, but I guess I think it would have been like 18 in the 1830s. Sometime in the 1830s, they built uh, the Erie Canal, which most of us don't think of as much today but it was actually a huge deal at the time right because it created like shipping passage right that could get to new york city right and the atlantic ocean that's a huge deal and the (laughs) and the great lakes right so it was massive especially for people in new york who sold products right like cheese and milk and right um farmers things like that basically it created a huge surge of economic success growth and And then of course with that came uh patriotism and sort of like a (laughs) oh no swelling of pride right and so um he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna make this thing um he he basically there was a cheese tour that he created this for so this cheese that he made was like the crown jewel of 10 other cheeses that would tour the area. For what? F- for patriot patriotism. How is for it? For America. Just to be like, look, like the Erie Canal has infused so much success into this area. This is what we're doing up here in New York. Like this is what we're made of. Cheese. Like, we do we're made of we cheese. make good things here. So, okay. He makes a wheel of cheese, cheddar specifically. Okay, that's good to know. It's two feet thick, four feet in diameter. My husband can eat the whole thing. And it weighed nearly 1,400 pounds. <laughs> so I did a little searching so I could give you guys some perspective. I don't even edit my statement. On what else weighs fifteen or 1,400 pounds. Uh-huh. But so a Holstein cow, which is a common dairy cow, like think black, white spots, all right. that. Those weigh about 1,500 pounds. Oh, my goodness. So, in a weird way, the thing that made this 
cheese. Like it, basically a cow, a bunch of cows made a wheel of cheese that weighed almost as much as them. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So it was massive. Um, so he, he also created a belt to like a leather belt to go around the cheese and it had like patriotic inscriptions on it. Um, he had like engraved, painted, engraved the cheese with in- ornate paintings. Um, he also created a bust out of cheese of the current president, Andrew Jackson. Remember that name because it will come in to play later on. Okay. Um, who was the seventh president, by the way. Right. Uh, if that gives you some sort of indication on Obviously. where we are in America's timeline. Um, and, uh, well, and he actually created other cheeses. He created a few cheeses, like 700 pound wheels of cheese that he gave to Congress, like the whole group of Congress and to the governor of New York and the vice president at the time, which was Van Buren. Um, anyway, he makes this massive cheese. It goes on tour. Everyone who goes and looks at the cheese and the other nine cheeses, and they're like, oh, my gosh, we're doing great things in New York. All this economic success. We're this is awesome. So it's so like people just come and look at it. Yeah. People go look at no it. No one's eating it. No. Um, and the reason no one was eating this 1400 pound wheel of cheese is because it was created as a gift. OK. So once it was done touring, <laughs> Meacham touring. <laughs> shipped the wheel of cheddar to its new owner. You'll remember this guy. I talked about him a second ago. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Jackson. Jackson. So when he shipped this cheese, he was like, ship this to the White House. <laughs> what did he want? <laughs> he just wanted to share. He just wanted cheese. to be like, hey, this is what's going on up in New York. America. We're, yeah, America. That's basically <laughs> it. Like, it seems a little ridiculous, but right. think about it. I mean, right. America displays its it's patriotism in many ways and that many, are foreign to people and many odd ways. Our, our <laughs> British listeners are like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Well, so, um, he issued, uh, Andrew Jackson issued a thank you for the cheese, um, on behalf of himself. And he also <laughs> thanked Meacham for the Congress as well. Um, you know, I just like how a few, individuals got like a ton of cheese right and then congress got like they gave a group of people the same amount of cheese as they gave one guy like okay. how does i don't even know what i don't know i don't, I don't know, know where they kept that cheese where Did they do keep you it keep, in the middle of congress how do you keep it from molding okay well so this is obviously a pre-refrigeration, pre-electricity right. time. So what do you do? But so cheese is something that is supposed to be aged, and then depending on how you treat it, so if you salt cure it or whatever it may sure. be, it lasts. Sure. It actually lasts for a really, really long time. Like right. even now, if you go get a super fancy steak, it's probably aged. Yeah. Um, okay. Which means that they. I don't like thinking about these things. I know. It's <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's weird, weird for a lot of people. It's weird. Um, because really. All cheese is, is milk with bacteria in it. Yeah. And then you let it sit. Right. And let the bacteria do its thing. It's weird. Um, and it creates something super delicious. And actually, if you keep the bacteria from doing its full job, it will taste like nothing. Right. <laughs> so thank you, bacteria. Thank you, bacteria. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
so he had to store he obviously he tried to give as much of the cheese away as possible at first he gave it to his friends um but i mean what the heck do you do with 1400 pounds of cheese i don't know what do you do so he stored it in the hungry well so he stored it in the uh largest reception hall of the white house just this huge thing of cheese he had nowhere else to put it i mean sure but he put it in a room in the white house fair enough um the only the only real issue is that like even though so even though cheese stays good for a long time it just ages and ages and ages and so while it may be getting more tasty like it also gets super smelly and so people were describing like the smell around the White House as like evil <laughs> and awful. Oh no. So people like in the surrounding blocks around the White House were could smell could smell it. I can't imagine How if there awful were that must have been. If there were rodents. I can't oh. I just can't imagine. Um it but yeah, just imagine well and you also have to consider that uh Washington DC is quite a bit warmer than New York. Yeah, over the summer. That's true. So we're talking about a warm room yeah. with no ventilation or right. AC Ugh. with a big wheel of cheese in it. Ugh. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, and so here's the here's the most important thing to remember. Yeah. It was presented to him on January 1st, 1886. Uh-huh. And it basically sat there. No. Oh. Until February 1887. No. Why? So it was there for forever because how do you get rid of that much cheese? You cut it and use it. I know, but even then. You cut the cheese. <laughs> even then, like you can only go through. Think about what eating a pound of cheese is even like. I mean, it's not that hard. <laughs> it's hard on your body. Well, sh- um okay well so like i said it 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 was there until february 1887 so it's been there for over a year yes um at this point uh andrew jackson's second term is sort of winding down and he decides to have a huge party a cheese party that's primarily surrounded around eating cheese but it smelled terrible yes it was really bad um but so at the time Something that I thought was really interesting was that at the time, uh, it was like very common for people to go into the White House. Like yeah. he would, like on inauguration day, yeah. the president would give his speech, yeah, and then they would have like an open house in the White House. Okay, like people would go. Sure. And it was actually interesting. Not too many presidents had been shot at yet. No, <laughs> actually, Andrew Jackson was the first president that was tried to be. That someone tried to assassinate. Well. Um, but he, it was interesting because he actually, uh, he tended, he was a little bit more rough around the edges. He was a general and ah. had been a soldier from the time that he was like 12, less than 12 years old. Um, and there were people that said, like, he had been shot so many times that there Ooh. were people that said he sounded like, <laughs> like a bag of marbles. <laughs> and then people also said that he would, he would just be like. He would just start coughing up blood sometimes. <laughs> like, he has so much internal damage. I don't even know. Oh um, also, another thing I thought that was funny that I found out about Andrew Jackson what? was that during his second campaign, it had been discovered that his wife had uh, been having an affair. Oh. And I guess privately, they had resolved 
and okay. reconciled the issue. Okay. Um, but uh, the media at the time was like talking about it constantly, oh. and they were calling her uh, all the, um, the things. This is not. I mean, this is not a bad word, but maybe if you don't want your kids to hear this, <laughs> okay. They were calling her a whore Aww. in the media. Okay. Um. So a lot of his second campaign was comprised of him driving around to places where they had called his wife a whore, and then he would challenge them to a duel, and he would shoot them and kill them. That's not a real anyway, story. He, that yeah, can't nope, be true. No, it's true. That cannot he, so be true. So he attracted because what? he was kind of like rough around the edges and not very kind of there wasn't a lot of like pomp to him he 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 um appealed to like a lower class more every man kind of audience so he would have when he had parties at the white house it would get out of control i mean his inauguration party they ended up having to pull like the whiskey and the drinks like out onto the lawn of the white house to get everybody out because it was so rowdy in there. <laughs> anyway, so this cheese party. I feel like I know nothing cheese about America party. right now. I know. I know nothing about America. Super rowdy. Okay. Tons of people show up. Apparently, it was recorded at one point that um, people were, like, climbing through the windows to get into the White House. And they they ended up finishing <laughs> off this wheel of cheese in, like, two hours. What? Yeah. They just came and... In two hours. Yeah. And everyone just ate and like ate, partied. Ate, ate the nasty old and, cheese? Well, it was the cheese was still good to eat. Like it was not spoiled or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they all ate it. Um, and then the cheese was gone. Okay. Um, okay. Afterwards, obviously, Van Buren uh, took up the presidency. After Andrew Obviously. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he said, he basically said that, uh, oh, wait, okay, I have a quote here, actually. So the guests polished it off in two hours, leaving only the smell so penetrating and offensive that the staff <laughs> of incoming President Martin Van Buren was forced to spend days airing the East Room carpets, stripping down the curtains, and whitewashing the walls. <laughs> Van Buren subsequently banned the serving of food at White House receptions. Wow. Yeah. It was to the point where he like couldn't even get this is cheese when, smell. This is when the pranks started to happen between the outgoing president and the incoming president. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys thought it was bad when somebody stole some keyboard buttons. Right. Well, and so um, actually it's funny because this was not the first time that someone had been given an insane amount of cheese. Uh, the um, the Cheshire Baptist Church in Massachusetts gave Thomas Jefferson a wheel of cheese that was like 1,235 uh, pounds, I think. And they gave it to him as like a symbol. Uh, well, because at that point it was like Republican versus like Federalist. Okay. And so they... they presented it to him because it had been made with it was like freeman made like no slave labor was used or anything like that and so they presented it to him because they he had like offered their support thomas jefferson also was sort of they aligned i'm not sure though why because uh thomas jefferson was like very like separation of like keep churches yeah and 
Yeah, interesting. Okay. But yeah, so they had also presented him. He kept it in this. He kept that wheel of cheese in the same room in the White House, but obviously it wasn't quite as big. And then um, up until this point, I believe at some point during the Obama administration, they had like a big hunk of cheese day, and that was that was representing more of the Andrew Jackson cheese. Okay. And what that kind of represented was like the accessibility of the White House and the common man, ah, which is back kind of no barriers. hilarious because Old I'm pretty sure I wasn't invited to that. <laughs> I was not. Um, and I'm pretty sure most people, people were, were not, not. invited. <laughs> um, I mean, I know Jay-Z was, but none yeah, of us were, okay? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it became, it. it's been like celebrated as like a weird holiday in the White House as like, oh yeah, we remember that one time. Remember when people could just walk into the White House? <laughs> back when the president was used to having so many bullets. Back when the yeah, back when the president would just shoot people. <laughs> that was the most ridiculous story. Well apparently so when he when they someone tried to assassinate him, apparently they walked up to him <laughs> and tried to shoot him. They put their gun up to his chest. Yeah. And tried to shoot him two times and yeah. nothing happened. And then Andrew Jackson beat him with his cane. <laughs> and nothing happened. Yeah. I don't know if he just he forgot like, to load it. He's like Magneto. Just stop their yeah. bullets. <laughs> well, if you think about it, like he had so, he had been shot so many times and I don't know. I just don't even know what to say about the life right. expectancy of people. Because we're get always it. like, yeah, people had a shorter life expectancy. And I'm like, yeah, but also apparently they could they could be shot but 20 times were, and live. Also, they were really tough. Apparently. They could just be shot on several occasions. <laughs> Not just like one time. Right. Like Multiple over time. Times. Like just be shot. And the bullet's still in there. And it's fine. Sounded, it's fine. I'm coughing sounded. up blood. I obviously have internal bleeding. But I'm making it through. <laughs> We just don't make people like that And at anymore. the same time, you know, and it's like maybe the cheese was bad, but they could be We're shot. Eat it. What are cheese? What is cheese going to do? <laughs> Andrew Jackson was like, I have 20 bullets in me. You think this cheese is going to kill right. me? <laughs> I sound like a bag of marbles when I walk. <laughs> that was amazing. Okay. Well, I hope you guys laughed today. Yeah. I hope you learned something. I hope you don't mind that every now and then we just want to talk about something fun and mm -hmm. funny. And also, I just want to say that um, Andrew Jackson did do some things that I believe are pretty objectively bad. Okay. Um, so I'm not, this is not a pro Andrew Jackson I was, episode. I thought you were He was responsible for the Trail of Tears. Like, you I know. Thought, oh. <laughs> we'll just. We This is more about the cheese than him. The, yeah. The I did cheese. give some facts about him. But cheese is, if, in case you thought cheese was not an American food. It's, it's pretty American. Super American. There was a time when Cheese would tour. <laughs> cheese went on tour. I think his. I think the inscription on the leather belt that like went around the cheese was like the Union. It must be preserved or something. <laughs> America. But can you imagine receiving America. a bust of your face made of cheese? I can, and I would love it. And I feel like I've been doing my whole life wrong because I've never given anyone cheese or a goldfish. It's like, have I ever even given someone a present? <laughs> I don't, have I ever honored anyone with a present before? I've never given you cheese, oh, cheese, goldfish, goldfish crackers. Everything's just, coming together. We just found the perfect gift, you guys. Yeah. 
That's our safe word for the week. I'm sorry, our secret, our code word. <laughs> our password. That's our password. Goldfish. The but crackers. not the, yeah, the yeah. crackers, not the fish. Not the actual fish. Just, yeah. And if you don't understand that, then I don't even know what to tell you. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for this week. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. You can get early release episodes and other Patreon-only content at patreon.com slash geologians. And next week, we will be back with our normal. We haven't even decided what yet. But anyway, I hope you guys have a good week. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye.